Hi, everyone. Thanks for taking the time to stop by the campfire. I'm your host, Cole Kelly. Summer camp provides everyone involved a great deal of fun and a surprising amount of learning. Yes, it's actually true. You can have a blast while learning things that will help you later in life at camp. It doesn't matter whether you're a seven-year-old first-time camper, a 16-year-old CIT, a college-age staff member, or a year-round professional with more than two decades under your belt. There's always a lot to learn at summer camp. The idea behind this podcast is to shine a light on some of those lessons learned at camp and figure out how we can apply them to our lives back home. I hope you'll hear a few bits of summer camp wisdom that you can put into your work immediately back in your life in the real world. Now, speaking of learning, writer Gina Greenlee once said that experience is a master teacher, even when it's not your own. This is certainly true at camp. First-time counselors are actually put through this great role-play situation, a bunch of what-if situations, and figuring out how to handle it. In these role-play situations, a few seasoned staff members usually act out something particularly challenging that's happened in a bunk before or up on a field or in one of the art barns. New counselors then enter the situation and do their best to make the right choices and to say the right words and to care for each party as best they possibly can. Some get it just dead on right, and they can actually teach some of the more experienced staff members a thing or two. Most, however, don't get it quite right. In fact, there are lots of mistakes, and there's actually a lot of laughter as well. Once we see that deer-in-the-headlights look on the new staff member, that's when a returning staff member will usually step in and demonstrate what's worked in the past. We then debrief and we walk through the next steps. Camps run through this in rounds and rounds of different situations and in different locations and with different kids. When they're done well, I don't know of a more powerful training situation than the role play. New staff members learn from more experienced team members and come away more confident in their plans for the future. Now, that's exactly what we've got in store for you tonight around the campfire, the chance to learn from someone else's great experience. I've known Dana Harden for 15 years, and she's one of the best camp people I know. As the owner and co-director of Lake of the Woods and Greenwood Camps in Michigan, Dana and her team made the challenging decision to welcome campers and staff members for summer 2020 during the height of the pandemic. I'm happy to report that they had an amazing and a very safe summer. I'm also happy to report that Dana has graciously spent the past six months sharing all that she's learned through her last summer's experience with the camp industry. Dana's wisdom from last summer is vital for everyone to know whether you're a parent, a camper, or a staff member. I hope you'll enjoy this short and very useful campfire conversation with my friend, Dana Harden. Dana Harden, thank you so much for coming to the campfire. Of course, happy to be here. So you have been around summer camp campfires for a very long time in your, in your young, short life. How, how, long, how long have you been associated with camp in some form or fashion? It was very nice how you said in my very young life, but I think this is going to give it away that um, I started at age 10 in 1979. Mm -hmm. So I have been really almost my whole life, um, you know, in, in the camp world in some capacity. That is awesome. So did you make the, just a seamless transition from camper to counselor and then keep on going or how, what was your journey like to get to the point where, you know, you're a camp owner, president of a large company with a lot of camps. How, what was the transition for you from I'm a camper to now you, here you are. So 
as, as you might imagine, after all these years, I loved, you know, I always loved camp. So after I was done being a camper, I did do the traditional sort of junior counselor, counselor, mm-hmm. taught a little horseback riding, water skiing, and then um, came back for a few summers as what we called at the time the program director, which I think is equivalent to a lot of camps like head counselors. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, I went on to college. I skipped a few years here and there between. And after college, the owner asked if I wanted to work full time. And it was, you know, one of my dreams was to work full time for camp. So I went and did that for a number of years. And it was 1995. I told Mark Seeger, the owner of Lake of the Woods and Greenwoods, that I you know, was ready to move on to other things. I'd been at camp my whole life and I loved it, but if he ever thought of selling, to at least give me a call. Yeah. And, and yeah, so in May, oh, I went to the real world for a couple of years Yeah. and that was an awesome experience and it wasn't camp. So <laughs> in you know, May of 97, he called and told me that he was ready to sell and that I was his first choice. Um, wow. So, so even though I loved what I was doing in corporate America, it was nothing like camp. So it was an easy decision. In October of 97, October 1st, 1997, I closed on Lake of the Woods and Greenwoods and became the owner and director. I was young and naive, which was amazing. That helped a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, yep, it sure I does. <laughs> yeah, it was so great. I had no, you know, I had no kids at the time. Yep. So you know, I was 28 years old, and I got to buy my camp. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Kate and I talk all the time about how when we were 27 years old, first starting running Camp Waikasuda, it's a great all girls camp that you know quite well up in New Hampshire. We didn't have our children. If someone called, you know, at 12 o'clock and said, hey, could you see us in New York City, which was three and a half hours away that night? It's like, sure. And we got in the car and went. It was great. Yeah, it was it was a lot. You know, it was just a lot. It was a lot easier. I was I was young. I didn't have as many responsibilities. So it was the timing was perfect. Awesome. Well, great. Well, so then fast forward now to, to, to 2020, and we actually were together along with all of our other camp friends at the, the wonderful ACA, uh, New York, New Jersey, Tri-State Conference last March. And word comes down about COVID and the NBA shuts their season down and the borders shut and all these things all of a sudden, bam, 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 bam. And the timing, again, was kind of crazy. Yeah. What was... What was that the next couple of months like for you? And then you all decided at Lake of the Woods and Greenwood to open. What was that process like deciding to actually open and get ready for kids to, to show up in summer 2020? Yeah. Well, I think that, you know, when we were at Tri-State and everything really happened really right in front of our eyes when we mm-hmm. were there, I think mm-hmm. we all believed at the time that, okay, I, was, I remember counting, okay, well, Starbucks, I heard, opened in Wuhan, and that's 10 weeks later. So 10 weeks, we still have time to get ready for the summer. So I think we're going to be okay. Yeah. And I remember seeing on the news that Detroit was really hard hit. And I remember thinking like, okay, maybe that's good news because my camps are in Michigan. And by the time summer comes, it'll already pass through Detroit. Sure. <laughs> so little did any of us know. <laughs> um, so as we moved along and things not only didn't get better, they got a lot worse. And we all found ourselves, I think, in the industry saying, okay, let's not make any decisions. We're all prepared for April to be the worst month. Let's not make any decisions in April. Let's wait. I think as an industry, a lot of people were thinking, let's just wait until May. Let's see how this plays out. Um, And May came and 
there was a few glimmers of hope. Some things started to get a little better, but a lot didn't. But the one thing that I really did from the day one is I really started to follow the data and research and study what is this doing to healthy kids, right? And as scary as this was, because we didn't know a lot, the data that was out there, not necessarily in the States as much at the time, but it was starting to get out, really showed that healthy kids in COVID, you know, there's really not severe complications. And, you know, it was very different than kids with underlying health conditions or adults at a certain age or adults with underlying health conditions. And there was a big part of me that felt at the time that mental health was at stake. Imagine then I thought mental health was at stake. Here we are a year later. Right? <laughs> Who would have thought? And I remember thinking like, what would kids summer really look like if they were home? Right. So I thought to myself, there's no way that all these kids are staying in their home because right. if they are, they're safer in their home than they would be at my camp. If they're really staying home all summer. Um, and I didn't think that most of our campers were, especially our tweens and teens. So I really started to think that if we could create this plan and really create this potential bubble mm-hmm. that kids just might be safer in our environment than they would be going to the beach or Starbucks or you know wherever they were going at home. Um, so that concept of creating a protective bubble was definitely at the forefront. And then I started to think maybe I was going crazy because camps were starting to close. And I thought, okay, you know, and my, my, it wasn't just me, it was my whole team. So, you know, my year round team and my co-director, Dana Kite, they wanted to keep going too. And so if they didn't want to keep going, you know, I don't, I don't, I certainly wouldn't have pushed. And I think it, things were happening so quickly. I think it was really important for camps just to, there was no right or wrong decision. Camps needed to do what they were comfortable with. We didn't know a lot, you know, we knew very little about COVID then. But just when I thought I was going crazy because a lot of camps were announcing they were closing, I was fortunate enough to be on a conference call with Dr. Burks. Mm-hmm. And I'll never forget when she said, we posed the question to her, what do you think of this potential bubble in summer camps you know, opening? And she said, you know, my kids went to summer camp and I'll tell you that your nurses at summer camp deal with a lot more serious things than COVID and kids. And she said, you know, you guys deal with, you know, immunodeficiencies, severe food allergies, anaphylaxis. Mm-hmm. She said, you could certainly handle a camper or two with COVID. And that wow, was that's really so important. Holy yeah. cow. I, I, I just got chills. I, I had not heard that before. That's an amazing statement. Yeah. So that was like really profound because that was wow. late. That was when a lot of the camps had already announced they were closing. And I really, we really started to think like, we must be a little crazy, which we probably are. So, <laughs> um, and so between all those things, you know, the data, my team wanting to open, what would the summer really look like? And this concept of this protective bubble, we said, you know, we think maybe we can do this. So. That's awesome. And yeah. how did your parents and your kids take, and your staff. I mean, we have so many different constituencies at, at summer camp. How did each group take it? The parents probably, like a lot of people would think, were a little all over, meaning that some parents were like, this is amazing. My kid's going for sure. And there were other parents that were like on the other spectrum. There's no way I'm sending my child to camp. Hmm. And there were a lot of parents in the middle. And the parents in the middle wanted as much information as possible. How would this work? How, what's your plan to keep my child safe? And when we talked about safety, it was never guaranteeing their child wouldn't get COVID, right. right? The whole premise was there's a chance your child might get COVID and we're mm-hmm. going to put a plan in place that we think is going to reduce and minimize the risk 
and pre- hopefully prevent an outbreak. That was the goal, right? right. It wasn't your child can't get COVID. We're gonna, we, we know what we're doing. We really didn't know that much. <laughs> sure. <laughs> we know a lot more now. We and know a lot more now. earlier, from the data standpoint, when a child gets it, the vast, vast majority of children are totally fine with this. Yeah. Yeah. And so that was something that was really important. We kept studying the data and the data and what was really happening with kids, healthy kids. Awesome. Great. So now fast forward, we're, we're several months past a very successful summer uh, for, for Lake of the Woods. What did you, and we talked earlier before we started really recording that in the camp world, there's a lot of the same. Every year looks very similar. Obviously the last 18 months have been drastically different and we've all learned more probably in the last you know, 18 months than we've learned in the last, I don't know, 10, 15 years, probably. Um, what are some of the things that you learned from operating last summer that you think will make you and your team better camp directors going forward? Yeah, I think that's a, that's a good question. Um, I mean, a few things come to mind. I think in general, generalizing camp professionals like to plan. We're planners, we're organized. And we have a lot of responsibilities taking care of other people's kids. Um, so one of the things that, you know, we really learned is that it's okay to be uncomfortable and we don't have all the answers and that's okay. And we went into the summer thinking that we had this plan in place. And as soon as we got to camp, we realized that even though we thought we'd turned over every stone, there were hundreds and hundreds that we hadn't. Right. And so we really had to learn how to be nimble and flexible and we needed our staff to do, be that too, because when we realized that something wasn't, you know, we forgot how we're, you know, oh, we never came up with a plan for how staff were going to get coffee in the morning, you know, then we had to like let the staff, <laughs> so the staff also had to be nimble and flexible as this plan can, you know, continue to evolve. And, um, you know, we, we learned some things. First of all, we learned there's a lot of silver linings, which I think we've all learned, whether it's within camp or just life during this pandemic. Um, But some of the silver linings that we learned were that kids and parents were beyond appreciative. I've done this, like I said, since, you know, I mean, as an adult, since I was, you know, my 20s in the camp business, I've never worked with a group of more appreciative parents in my life. And so that was really amazing to really just see the focus just on their kids being kids and getting to be normal. That was totally enough for them. That's all they wanted. So that was awesome. Um, You know, other silver linings were, really, it's okay to slow things down. And, you know, in our normal schedule as a camp, we're so worried about entertaining kids. We have to keep them busy and occupied and they have to have, they have to do all these kinds of things or they're not going to have fun. And we just found kids to be so appreciative and grateful for this experience that like, it didn't matter that we couldn't open um, windsurfing last summer. We couldn't open it. We didn't have the staff. Um, We didn't have someone that, and they didn't care. They just Mm -hmm. wanted to be at camp. And that was just so awesome to see. We got back to the basics and kids lived for it. It's the only time in my camp career that 100% of the kids re-enrolled that came to our camp last summer. Wow. So I think that alone, and yes, we think we run a really good camp, but that's never yeah. happened. Yeah. My point is, as we get ready to plan for this summer, kids are so happy being back in this place that they love or for new campers that they're going to love Mm -hmm. that all the little things that normally bother them or their parents in a typical summer that went 
to the sidelines. They were just so happy to be kids. And I, I just want all of us as we go into this summer to understand that it's okay if you can't teach every activity that you're normally teaching. You might yeah. not be able to do your special event because it's not COVID safe. They don't care. They are so happy being there. Yeah, so, I can't get over this thought that our kids will look back on the returning campers. The new campers don't know what really to expect. They just can't wait to get to camp. But the returners who have missed a year for for a lot of camps will may look back to what it was like in summer 2018, 2019, and look at this summer and say, this summer isn't the same. And like, well, no, it's not. No summer is ever really the same. And things are a little bit different. And we get to be here. And that I hope will help everybody experience a summer that will just be you know incredible for them. Yes, and I hope everybody gets to experience that as, you know, and like we did, to really watch kids just enjoying being there. And yeah. How are you approaching this summer, having gone through it and, and doing the Groundhog Day of, of trying to get ready again in a very similar situation? You know, how, how are you guys approaching it? There are a lot of similarities to 2020, um, meaning, you know, with the main goal is not to keep COVID out. Mm-hmm. We hope we do, but, mm-hmm. you know, we know we might have COVID in camp and the main goal is to prevent an outbreak um, and really giving ourselves permission not to have all the answers, um, you know, f- focusing on the big thing. We don't know every everything we think we know continues to evolve and change, right? It's right. like every time you think you have a plan, it's no longer a plan. So focus on what we know. We know the kids need this more than ever. We know kids are adaptable and flexible. Mm-hmm. Um we know that as camp professionals, we are used to going from plan A to B to C to D. And even though it's uncomfortable right now, because we're used to having our summer plan in place, we're camp people, so we can do right. this. Yep. And we know mental health is at stake. I thought it was at stake last year after they were out of school for two months. Now they've been out of school for a year. Right. And, you know, they really need this. So creating a plan very similar to last year, which sounds strange, but, the, you know, unfortunately, even if some people are vaccinated, even if we're in a different space in our country come June, if COVID's still here, it's still as contagious. So unfortunately, right. we have to still take you know the protocols and the measures that we had from last summer and implement them to prevent an outbreak, yep. um, which is going to be challenging, more challenging, I think, this summer than last summer. Sure. How did your your college ASAF, because you know, one of the fun things about summer camp is that almost all of our staff of our staff are young men and women that are in college that have a great deal of of, um, freedom to do the stuff that they want to do. All of a sudden they come to camp and they live within our rules and our culture and our community. And this is a very different experience for them than what they've been used to. How did your staff, your college age staff, handle the changes that were required of them? Yeah. First, first, in a short, amazingly well, incredible. Um, I will say, though, that they were coming more from a quarantine kind of space last year. So mm-hmm. just being able to be out with people, um, they were just so happy. It was the first time ever that I'd look over and like see them just hanging out and playing cards and like doing again. It was back to the basics and everyone sure. loved it. Um, I think that we had to do a lot more for staff. Mm-hmm. because they couldn't just leave on their time off. They had to stay on campgrounds. And so just coming up with really creative ways to help keep them entertained, to help them really enjoy being at camp. Mm-hmm. Most of the time our staff run to the nearest <laughs> car for their day off the minute that they have their time off. 
And they actually enjoyed camp. Camp's a pretty cool place on your day off when you get to yeah. like go in a ski boat and tube and water ski and, you know, play a game of soccer. Like, so they, they really learned that camp's actually really fun on your day off, but we did have to do a lot more. We had a, you know, food goes a long way. Purchasing food for staff, kids, it's, it's a long way. Doing a lot of stuff for them that normally we wouldn't do because they had to stay there. Yeah, um, I'm I, concerned this summer, you know, our staff aren't going to be coming from a quarantine place mm-hmm. and we're going to be asking them at most of our camps, I think, to, you know, most likely they're going to be in camp. Maybe we'll find safe trips that they can do hiking, you know, sure. a remote beach, who knows. But in general, it's not like the good old days yet. And so we're going to be asking a lot of them and they're going to be coming from a place that they have a lot more freedom Mm-hmm. Um, versus last year, a place where it was more quarantined. So I think it'll be challenging. Yeah, I've heard a number of camps actually hiring what they're calling a, a staff cruise director. You know, someone who for days off, they're planning stuff, evenings off, they're planning stuff that they always have some outlet on camp uh, for them to really enjoy. And I think it's a, a brilliant idea and certainly something that's necessary. Good. I've heard that too. And I know a lot of camps doing it. And I think it's great. We have to focus on making our staff feel you know, that this is an amazing experience for them because they're taking care of kids in a pandemic. So mm-hmm. that's a really big responsibility. So I think many camps hopefully will go out of their way to help their staff feel appreciated and make sure they're getting the most out of these. Absolutely. So I know a number of your families, and I know a number of our families across the country looking at camp are coming at camp from a more anxious place than they've really ever been. What what advice would you give parents, kids, even staff members about how to approach this coming summer the, the best way? You know, I, I, think, I think be patient for now because as, as a parent, you know, myself, I know, you know, we do always want the answers. We want to know exactly what the plan is for the summer and what's my kid going to be able to do. I think, you know, we need to ask for patience while we really continue to plan over the next few months for what, you know, hopefully is a really thoughtful and intentional, you know, COVID response plan at our camps. Mm -hmm. Um, And that we're going to let our families know as soon as we know exactly what's happening. So have a little faith and a little trust you know, we've learned a lot in the last year. And, you know, ironically, one of the things we learned is that camps do have the best environment for COVID. Yep. We have a lot of space. We are outdoors. And if there's anywhere that your kid can run around and be a kid, it's going to be in a place like camp, right? Yep. It's hard to do that in a classroom. It's hard to do that, you know, in a shopping mall. So th- we do have an amazing environment for this, you know, insanity that we're going through <laughs> ironically right how you know there's, there's really no better place yep. for kids to be um than in the great outdoors right now i mean as camp professionals we always think the great outdoors is an amazing mm-hmm. space and COVID has totally reinforced that right for us and i think you know have faith and you know let your camp take the time that they need to come up with the best plan possible be flexible you know know that things are going to change as a staff member, as a camper, as a parent, things might change. What your what your camp is telling you today might be a little different in two months, depending on you know how things evolve and where we're at. So I think, you know, in a positive way, we're all getting used to being more flexible and adaptable and mm-hmm. getting things thrown at us at the last minute. Um, so hopefully if parents can, you know, and staff and kids can take that into the camp setting, 
I think that'll, you know, allow us to come up with the best plan and it'll allow camps not to feel pressured yep. to make decisions right now when it's February and things could change. Right. Wait a second. It's February. We got to start planning for camp. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, yes. It feels like May right now. Yeah, exactly. No, we'll, we'll see just how resilient we all are. And, and we'll all have a very big party at the end of a very safe and, and successful summer. Um, I, I imagine there might have been a little bit of wine flowing at your house uh, once all the campers and staff left last year. There was a big, big relief. There was a lot of pressure. You know, the, the mission became so much bigger than our camp. It went in. We were opening because we wanted to open our camp for our kids. Right. Um, but it became clear as camps were closing that this was a mission for not just us. This was for every camp that couldn't open. Maybe they weren't allowed to open, chose not to open. This was a mission to help make sure that we could do this. <laughs> the pressure, we definitely felt the pressure, um, but the good, you know, the good news is there were a lot of camps that were successful last summer and we all didn't do the exact same plan. There's no right or wrong plan. And yes, there was a lot of wine being poured after the summer. There was a big sense of relief because I'll tell you, if we would have, if it wouldn't have worked out, that would not have been good. <laughs> we definitely felt a little pressure once uh, yep. there weren't, I think there weren't, I, I don't know many camps in our state, if any others in sleep away of the independent camps that ended up operating. So we felt a lot of pressure. We felt it though to do it for everybody. Yeah, well, y'all did great. And, and it was really nice. I don't know if you're on the ACA town hall meeting that where they did the research, per, um, they did a great deal of research for all the camps, many camps that were open. I think they had 478 yeah. camps of yep. some sort that are open, which encompassed 90,000 kids and staff. I thought the most amazing data point from that very thorough uh, investigation was of the 90,000 people that were at camp, there were only 102 cases of COVID yeah. across 90,000 individuals, which I thought, okay, that's amazing. That means that whatever camps did, and they talked about camps doing very different plans yeah. for the vast majority, it stayed out of camp. And that's, that to me is the greatest thing for this coming summer. It's like, okay, it is. if we can do it last summer, I know we can do it this summer. Absolutely. And camps are going to do it. And it's, you know, it's, it's challenging, but it's also exciting. And I think our industry is ready mm. um, to show the world, you know, we've got this. We're gonna oh, do I've, this. I've never seen the mobilization and, and, you know, people like yourself and the guys at Robin Hood and, and many other camps that did open have been so generous with their time and their, um, their information, their experience from past summer. So, you know, can't thank y'all enough for, for doing that. Well, it is a pleasure. Thank you for having me on today. Absolutely. Always great having you around the campfire, but we'll see you again. We'll see you soon. Thanks, Dana. Thanks. Bye. I can't thank Dana enough for sharing all of her and her team's experience from last summer. She and several other camp professionals who operated last year have been a constant and helpful guiding light for all of us camp professionals, whether we opened or we didn't. Their example of courage of patience and of generosity has made me really incredibly proud to be a part of this industry. I appreciate Dana's call for both patience and hope amongst everyone involved with camp this summer. As Lake of the Woods and many other camps showed us last summer, the summer camp experience is both vitally important for our kids and when done well and with thoughtfulness and intention, incredibly safe. The comment by Dr. Deborah Bricks about the safety of the camp experience for our campers, to me, was eye-opening. If we had the resources, I'd plaster that quote on every billboard I could possibly find. And the numbers bear Dr. Bricks' comments out. 
As I mentioned earlier in the podcast, the American Camp Association's research arm, led by Dr. Lori Brown, who incidentally has been around the campfire with me before, found very reassuring results from the 450-plus summer camps that operated last summer that responded to their surveys. The biggest findings? Well, when non-pharmaceutical interventions, or NPIs, were layered onto camp, and those are things like wearing masks, creating pods, doing as much as you possibly can outside, and others, the incidence rates of COVID was incredibly low. In fact, across all the 90,000 humans that were involved with camp last summer, only 102 reported as COVID positive. And that actually, from a math standpoint, is 0.1%. Now, if you actually add in all the NPIs on top of that, the incident rate went incredibly lower. As Dana mentioned, camp this summer is needed. The social and emotional lives of our kids are at stake like never before. Summer camp can be an answer to those concerns. Yes, COVID may enter camp. And you know what? If it does, we'll figure it out and it will be okay. Camp professionals are, at their core, well-calibrated risk assessment people. You don't join and stay in this profession just because you like working with kids. I mean, that might be a reason why you join, but that's not why you stay. You do it because you're comfortable creating environments for children that are safe and engaging. And that means managing risk every day and all day. And at least to this camp professional, the rewards of this coming summer certainly outweigh the risks. Thanks for taking the time to listen. If you've enjoyed this podcast, I hope you'll leave a review on whichever service you're using. The more positive reviews, the more these ideas will spread. Our campfire circle is large enough for everyone to enjoy. See you next time around the campfire. Until then, be good and do good. Thanks again to our friends at SCOPE for sponsoring the Campfire Conversation podcast. SCOPE stands for Summer Camp Opportunities Promote Education. They provide children from underserved communities with life-changing opportunities through the experience of summer camp. SCOPE campers benefit from a positive, safe, and healthy environment led by excellent role models who give them the chance to develop their full potential. We both believe that summer camp reinforces what children learn in school and enhances overall academic learning. If you would like to help give some wonderful children a life-changing experience, I hope you'll join me in supporting SCOPE. You can find them online at scopeusa.org and on social media at support SCOPE.